I'm going to uh, read today's passage, and I'm going to read it through a couple of times, and I want you to um, listen, obviously, but listen in particular. I, I read something recently that um, I was that was new to me, and that is that um, more than likely less than 5% of the population in Jesus' day was able to read. So hearing God's word was very important. Not only did they probably not have access to uh, Bibles, uh, to the Torah and other sacred writings as we do today, uh, but even if they did have access to them, most of them would not have been able to read them. So listening as scripture was read was so important. And I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. The first time through, I'm going to read it in the New International Version. And then, um, and then I'm going to read it uh, from a paraphrase known as the message. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. Why they did, what they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we were going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. And I offer Isaiah 55.3 as a prayer for us. Give ear. The Lord says, give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. May we draw near to you, God, and may we hear words of life. Amen. So the last few weeks, we've been talking about the importance of our bodies in encountering God. You just witnessed it firsthand, I hope. Um, it was specifically 
through your sense of hearing, but there were other ways that your body was involved in helping you to encounter God and his presence around you. Um, one reason uh, that we do a practice like that is not because we think, okay, if, if you can just be silent and attentive enough on Sunday, then you're going to be able to carry this supernatural peace with you all throughout the week. Um, there is no amount of of quiet and, and peace on Sunday that will carry you through your week. If you've not encountered that, yeah, I'm afraid that's the, that's the truth. But, but hopefully this is a practice, and I like that word, that we can carry with us. And maybe that's a, a way that you start tomorrow morning is by listening. Or maybe that's how you take your break in the middle of your work day. And by being still and listening, what we are doing is attuning our ears to um, not just hear God when we're still, but we can actually grow to the point where we can hear God even in the midst of activity and busyness and just the buzz of the world around us. And so just we grow with each other in that. And this is one of the ways that we encourage each other to grow is by, by having these practices that we engage in. So uh, Embodied Faith is the name of this series, and it's basically kind of uh, there are two uh, key points that we are reiterating in different ways each week. One of them is that your physical body is the place of encounter with the spiritual God. Uh, that's what we're going to lean into today. We started two weeks ago with um, how we are created in the image of God, the physical image of God, of Yahweh, yod Hey vav Hey, and how that is, can be the sound of breathing, and it's even our breath is a reminder of God's goodness to us and his presence with us. So as we think about our bodies being a place of encounter with God, um, you may or may not agree that your physical body, as God created it, is good. Some of you would be like, yes. Some of you would say, yes, it's good, but... <laughs> you may or may not agree with uh, the fact that your physical body, as God created it, is good, but I do think that we would all agree that our physical bodies are limited. We've encountered <laughs> limits in different ways. We encounter them almost on a, on a daily basis. and I, That's some of what Paul is saying in the passage that you listen to. And he's saying that um, we have limits, but, but even that can be used to God's glory because our true value is the light that is in us. And it is through our limits sometimes that God chooses to shine through. It's, that's how people see God's power at work is uh, through these fragile vessels that we have. Um, no doubt this is stifling news to the world around us, the, the world that says, never let them see you sweat. Um, if you believe it, you can do it. The world that says, um, hey, don't let anybody stop you. Um, just all of these things that encourage us to think that we can do it. But as Christians, we're okay with saying, um, what I can't do, I trust that God can do through me or through us. What he's not gifted me to do, I trust that he's gifted other people to do, to carry on his work. And so um, the thing about limits is that we find that freedom is found in recognizing those limits um, and uh, rather than choosing to ignore limits. 
freedom does not come from beginning your day with nothing can stop me. <laughs> I believe that, that freedom is, uh, is something that we learn as we, as we choose the right uh, limitations. The good news is that we were created to do good works. We were created to do good works. But it's also good news that we were not created to do everything. We were not created to do everything. Um, I am reminded so much um, that, so, so frequently, that the good life that I long for doesn't come from the ability of doing all the things that I want to do or that I thought I should do or even could do. Um, the good life involves putting a lot of trust in God. The Bible has a few things to say about our limits. And I want us to, to hear this not as a, oh, thanks for reminding me, Debbie Downer, of all the things that, that we are going to struggle to do. But let me just kind of read some of these to you, just as uh, there might be one or two that you can relate to more than others. Um, we are limited in, um, in our ability to make things perfect. Psalm 119.96, to all perfection I see a limit. Job um, acknowledged that he was limited in knowing the depths of God. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? Uh, we have limited understanding. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. So right now, in our finiteness, there is a certain amount of, there is a limited amount of understanding that we have. Our ability to always do good is limited. Um, wise words in Ecclesiastes, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. Um, Romans 7 is one of my favorite passages uh, that Paul wrote because he acknowledges just the frustration of life in his body where he does the things that he doesn't want to do and for some reason he's not doing the things that he does want to do. And he ultimately says, oh wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So we, um, we do not have an ability to do good all the time. Uh, we're limited in our ability to make things happen. Lamentations 3, who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it. And then just a few verses on how our days on earth are limited. Again, the words of Job, a person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. In Genesis 6, then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. Um, and some of you are like, well, I, I don't even think I want that many days. I don't, anybody else feel that way? I'm like, hey, just give me good quality few. But um, Psalm 39, verse 5, the psalmist is reflecting on the brevity of life, and he says, my whole lifetime is but a moment to you. It's very similar to what Job said. Remember that my life is but a breath. I waste away. I will not live forever. 
I would say the, the time of day that reminds me that I am limited, most often the time of day is the e evening. If you're like me, you get to the evening and you start to realize all the things that you were planning on doing that day are not going to get done. As good as our intentions were, and as reasonable as that seemed when we woke up, we get to the evening and we are reminded, if you're like me, every evening you're reminded of the limits that we have. Um, it brings us face to face with our, our limited life. Um, so I wonder if it would be good for us at night instead of reflecting mostly on the things that we didn't get done or that we couldn't do, what if we reflected as we, we lay our head on the pillow, I, I believe that good rest is not going to be what we get because we got everything done. Good rest is what we will receive when we recognize that while we sleep, God is the one that's going to keep the world spinning. God has got this. A good night's rest is the result of trusting God to do what only God can do while you sleep. So just as we had um, some, some verses and some reflections on our limited life, I want to share these verses on God's limitlessness. He is unlimited. Matthew 19, 26 with God, all things are possible. Psalm 147, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. God's not limited when it comes to what he is doing in us. Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Um, God is not limited in patience or in keeping promises. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We are limited by unfaithfulness, but not God. 2 Timothy 2.13, he remains faithful. And in Psalm 119, your faithfulness endures to all generations. Um, there are no limits to his existence. And I'll close with some of these verses. Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. In Revelation 4, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And 1 Timothy says, now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So what I just described there, that's the light that you carry within you. Your limits make way for that light, the unlimited light God shine. Um, I want us to consider uh, how our limits and specifically how our imperfections can actually be a blessing to others. Uh, you may, some of you will remember about a year and a half ago, we uh, had a series of lessons from trees. And I, uh, in that series, I talked about the story of Zacchaeus who climbed a tree so he could see Jesus. 
And I feel like a calling in my life is to daily climb a tree to catch a fresh glimpse of Jesus, to go out of my way so that I can see Jesus. And then the second part of that calling is to plant myself as a tree so others can see Jesus through me. And uh, it was that story and that um, calling on my life is what prompted me to get the, the tree tattoo. Uh, it would, it's, it's my way of my mom who is in heaven not being upset with the fact that I got a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I went to uh, the, uh, finally settled on a tattoo artist and described the type of tree that I wanted drawn and then tattooed onto my arm. And, uh, and I was journaling about some of this uh, roughly the same time, and I'll just read uh, a little bit of that journal entry. The tree on my arm is not pretty, and that's how I wanted it to look. As I live each day to be a tree for others to catch a fresh glimpse of Jesus, I know I'm not always doing so in the prettiest ways. My life is not a straight vertical line between me and God. Like this tree, I have meandered and gone off course, but I do, generally speaking, continue to reach higher in the direction of my creator. The knot on the trunk of the tree, and I specifically uh, requested that there would be a knot, a knot in a tree is actually the weakest point of the wood of the tree. The knot on the trunk of the tree is like a foothold for those who want to climb up. All the things I am not, all the things I am not, K-N-O-T, are ways that other people can relate, can gain a foothold, can climb with the confidence that I get what it's like to struggle. In spite of all that Gary is not, Gary sees Jesus. Perhaps in spite of all that I am not, I could see Jesus too. So how might your current limitations be a gift for the people around you? How could they gain a foothold in their journey to see Jesus in a fresh way? I'm going to invite Jane uh, to come up. I don't know, Jonathan, if you're also going to be a part of uh, this last song. We're going to sing a song uh, before communion. And... Um, I read a story on online, and I've heard this story for several years, and there is um, questions as to how true this may be. If one of you um, actually knows Beethoven personally, then you can let me know if this story is, is actually true. Um, what I do know is Beethoven in his early 20s began to lose his hearing. And by his 30s and for sure in his 40s, was completely deaf. His only way of communicating with friends and family was to write uh, back and forth. And yet, as I'm sure you're aware, he continued to compose masterpieces even without the gift of hearing. Now, what I, what I heard is, uh, what was reported is that Beethoven cut the legs off of his piano and used that wooden floor as a sounding board. And he would lay down with his ear to the floor and he would pound the keys on the piano. And from those vibrations, he would try to see if the, the intensity matched the song that he heard playing in his thoughts. And as I was reflecting on that earlier this week, um, my direct to the point application is this. If God is the piano,
and we are deaf, then the incarnation was the way God cut off his own legs, coming down to us so we could better feel the sounds of his love. He came to us. It's through our limitations and imperfections that God comes to us. Um, I invite you to stand back up to your feet. And um, as we engage with this song in particular, um, again, um, listening for what God is saying to you in this song, maybe it's, it's going to be a proclamation of what you hope. Maybe it's a proclamation of what you are desiring to yet experience in your life. But just right there, um, in our in our own limited ways, let's make ourselves available to God in our midst.